0: For those of you who read what I posted yesterday, the beginning of what uh, the beginning of what I wrote is from the sermon. Uh, however, the uh, connection to our text from Deuteronomy was missing for the most part, and after the events of yesterday. Other changes have been made. Our society is burning to the ground. And hundreds of human beings are dying dying daily because we as a society are not following God. And I do not mean that hurtful lie or those lies like God is punishing us because we don't honor the flag or God is punishing us because we don't allow prayer to Jesus in public schools. I mean, human beings are dying daily by the hundreds, being beaten and killed because the majority of white people in this country, the majority of whom outwardly profess to be followers of Jesus Christ, are not following Jesus Christ or the ways God desired for human beings from the very beginning. We are not providing justice for the oppressed, healing for all those who are ill, safety for the vulnerable. We are not loving God with all that we are and have and do. We are not loving others as ourselves. The more, then, 103,000 deaths from the coronavirus are not because people are not respecting the flag. The cold-blooded murders of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, and Breonna Taylor are not because we don't have prayer in public schools. The more than 103,000 deaths from coronavirus are because we have let the top one percent of human beings in this country almost entirely whom are white steal trillions of dollars from over 140 million people in vulnerable poverty disproportionately people of color because white people stole the land and resources from sovereign nations already living here built an entirely new and hugely wealthy nation through the enslavement and oppression of black and brown human beings, through Native American, African, Asian, and Latinx human beings. And once all the resources and power were greedily hoarded, said, oh, wait, you're on your own. Pull yourselves up by your bootstraps. And by the way, let me have your bootstraps. The murders of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, and Breonna Taylor are because we have established one system of judicial bias for white people and another system of injustice for people of color. White human beings can literally kill black human beings and walk away freely. Black human beings are often not even allowed to walk freely or breathe freely. The murders of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, and Breonna Taylor happened because the guilt on the souls of generations of white people runs so deep that we quake in fear of the day when that blood will be righteously and justly avenged. If we learn nothing else from this morning's text in Deuteronomy, let us learn this, our commitment to God, our commitment to following God and the ways of God has mortal consequences. It is a matter of life or death, and not for ourselves alone, but for others as well. When reading this text, and part of the reason why I wanted to speak to the kids first uh, and wanted to take some time with this is because reading this text without any background makes God sound despicably cruel, and we know that that's not God. Verse 2 is one of the worst-sounding verses in all of recorded Scripture, When the Lord your God has delivered these people, the Gergeshites, the Canaanites, over to you and you have defeated them, then you must destroy them totally. This is not what it seems to be. What I did not know until graduate school is that none of the book of Deuteronomy was written by Moses. Neither was this written in the time of Moses. Much of the first draft of this book was not written until the time of King Josiah in the late 7th century before Christ, just before the, the people of God were exiled into Babylon. The same is true for the books that follow this that give the story of the Israelites moving into and settling in the promised land. The books like Joshua, Judges, 1st and 2nd Kings, books that have become become known as the conquest narratives because they tell the story of God's people supposedly following this command of verse two. When you move into the land, when the Lord has delivered these people over to you and have defeated them, then you must destroy them totally. But here's the vitally important thing. At the time that that verse was written, all of the actions associated with moving into the land were ancient history. Centuries old. The Israelites were already in the promised land and had been for centuries. None of the people groups that are mentioned in verse 1 even existed anymore. The Hittites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, these seven nations larger and stronger, they didn't exist as a people anymore. Walter Brueggemann, the pastor emeritus from Columbia in Georgia, writes, helps us understand the importance of this truth because, he writes, because the seven nations are long gone, the rhetoric in this text is now to be understood symbolically and not literally. Israel has long since given up even its readiness to undertake such barbaric actions. What is the most concern in these texts for the future of God's people is to be absolutely sure to follow the ways of their own God. And that's what we hear so much in verses three through four. Do not intermarry with them. They will will lead you into the ways of these other gods. This is what you are to do. Destroy all the remnants of those things. Break down their altars and smash their sacred stones. All of these types of things. The practices of the Hittites and the Canaanites and the others mentioned here were horrific. Disgusting in terms of treatment of other human beings. I've mentioned before that they included sexual abuse and exploitation of minors even for religious purposes. It included burning their own children alive and there are recorded sites where this has happened. These are the opposite of what God desires for any human being and all human beings. But once again remembering the background of Israel at the time that this was written gives us more clarity on why this admonition against the vile practices was so important. As I said earlier, the the people originally practicing these vile things didn't exist anymore. They were no longer in the land. However, many of the Israelites, God's people, had been following the ways of the other religions because they had never been wiped out of the land. Even in Joshua, where Joshua talks about how in chapter 12 that the the people had been, that the conquest of the promised land was complete and all peoples had been destroyed. In 13.1, he says, though some people remained, it had never happened completely. And what had happened is exactly what had been feared would happen is that many people had adopted the horrible practices of the people who were already living in the land. There's no proof that, that God's people, the Israelites, ever practiced child sacrifice. But many of the other ways of exploitation and injustice were followed. So when King Josiah began his reign and real, looked, sort of discovered the original commandments and, and realized how far away God's people had gotten from the ways that God desired, he realized that the future of that God's people as a people was at risk because they had drifted so far from the ways of God. When the stories of Deuteronomy were finally written down in the time of King Josiah, the enemy was not any other other people group. The enemy was within the people of God themselves. They were not following the ways of God and their actions had mortal consequences. The Anglican theologian R.W.L. Moberly puts it like this. The order to utterly destroy the residents of the land should be read as an extension of the command to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, with all your soul, that is, He continues, Deuteronomy 7, 1 through 5, our text for this morning describes what it means for God's people not to forget the Lord by following the gods of the peoples who are around them or who were around them. The law of the ban expresses the extreme requirements of both loving the one God and being the people chosen by that God. Following God is a matter of life or death, our own and others. Jesus expressed that same sense of urgency over and over again in his teaching. Our gospel passage from the Sermon on the Mount this morning is just one example of that. You've heard it said, Jesus tells the disciples, that do not murder, Anyone who murders will be subject to judgment, but I tell you that anyone who is even angry with their brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Even if you call someone a fool, you will be in danger of the fire of hell. Now, I don't like that language from Jesus. (laughs) I, I tend to shy away from that because it's so severe, but the truth is that we must face it in one respect and that is this, that following God is a matter of life or death. And now is the time when we need to do everything in our power to bring life into this world. We who are white Christians particularly have a responsibility, have a particular responsibility. Those of us who are white because we embody all that is the worst in our country right now. And I know many of us will feel that that is unfair, that I'm not as bad as those horrible people, but our faces, our bodies, our clothing unite us in a way that we must own. Those of us who are white hold privilege and power that others do not. And those of us who follow Christ, have committed to loving God and loving others with all that we are, with all that we have, with all that we do. And Jesus warned us to follow him means to be willing even to give up our lives for the benefit of others. Following Christ is a matter of life or death. And right now, it is far past time for people like me to put our lives at risk so that others don't die. We have to change. We have to speak out against lies and ignorance. We have to work and vote for massive structural change in our economic and justice systems. We have to hear the voices of those pushed to the margins and then stand with them in solidarity and march beside them in protest. We have to give ourselves to bring justice to the oppressed, health to those who are ill, and safety to those who are vulnerable. Paul reminds us of the way of Christ that we are to follow in our Greek and New Testament reading. And this is a matter of life or death. So I'm going to read a little more of that text than I did the first time because it's so good. And it's so helpful in reminding us of what will bring life. I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Don't be conformed by the ways of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind in Christ and, and knowing what is God's will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith that God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace God has given us. If a person's gift is prophesying, let them use it in proportion to their faith. If it is serving, let them serve. If it is teaching, let them teach. If it is encouraging, let them encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let them give generously. If it is leadership, let them govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, then let them do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need, all people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, Live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. We have to change now. It is life or death. Amen.